Good morning. Today's scripture is from the book of Acts, chapter 8. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was, heading to the, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to the chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading this prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom may I ask you, does this prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Word of God, word of life. Vava boom. I really I realize this is a little bit of an unorthodox way for a pastor to start a sermon. But this was the game my daughter and I played in the car to and from all of our fall activities as we helped each other notice the beauty of the changing landscape. All the colors this fall, ambers and autumns, auburns and russets and scarlets and crimsons and maroons, va-va-voom, she would blurt out. Then it was my job to find the tree in all its vibrancy that she had singled out. Va-va-voom, it was my turn now. And my daughter tried to guess what punch of color had caught my eye. We need one another to help us see what God is doing in our midst, don't we? In our story this morning, Philip can come across as quite the model of evangelism. He doesn't decide on his own whim to mosey down that desert road, that road from Jerusalem to Gaza, no less. An angel of the Lord finds him and commands him to move. Get a move on it, the angel says. 
you have good news to share. And Philip likes to follow instructions, especially when they come from angels. So there he is, Philip, a bold and willing disciple on his way to share the good news when he encounters the very person he has meant, he is meant to meet. Have you ever felt that way that you encounter someone and you feel like you were meant to meet them? He encounters a man reading a scroll from the prophet Isaiah, a man who could not be more different than Philip, an exotic court official of the Queen of the Ethiopians, a castrated male called a eunuch who was in charge of her entire treasury. Sadly, this eunuch is given no name in scripture and probably didn't choose his lot in life. And many note the eunuch's outsider status in this story. But the writer of Luke Acts also goes to great lengths to describe his place of power and significance all the same. Philip joins him for a ride in his chariot, after all. In any case, Philip encounters difference in the Ethiopian eunuch, and the eunuch encounters difference in Philip. And this time, reading the story, I am so struck by how each of them has something beautiful to offer the other as they grow in their relationship with God. One thing the story makes very clear is that these two unlikely strangers were brought together by the hand of God. Philip had been preaching to new Christian disciples, and he was able to help the eunuch interpret the prophecies of Isaiah in light of the good news about Jesus. But it was the eunuch who listened, not so much as to receive Philip's knowledge as truth, but to make sense of what was already present and growing in his heart through the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was the eunuch who finds the exclamation point, the shimmer, the va-va-voom of the day. Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? Nothing. What is to separate any person from the love of God in Jesus? Nothing. It's in this moment between strangers that God's truth breaks into the world, a new trajectory of grace and inclusion and promise set free but it takes the reciprocity of this encounter and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's nudging of two strangers. And both of them, Philip and the eunuch, leave that day rejoicing closer to God, better equipped to share the good news. Biblical scholar Willie James Jennings sums up the story this way, faith finds the water. Faith will always find the water. 
But I'm inclined to add that as we move out in faith, we need one another as well to find the water. In all our differences and in all the complexities of our lives, we need one another to be drawn into and led by the guiding hand of the Holy Spirit. In the 21st century, admitting that we need one another is an act of resistance in and of itself. Everything about how American life works tells us that we have all we need to go it alone. Work is king. Accomplishment, as defined by professional and financial success, reigns supreme, first for ourselves and then for our children. In a new book called The Great Dechurching, writers Jim Davis and Michael Graham find that though religious abuse and corruption has driven people away from the church, a much larger share of those who have left have done so because American life simply leaves precious little time or energy for community. Margins are thin, and as they write, lives are stretched like a rubber band about to snap. The pandemic, as they write, exacerbated what has already been happening in society for decades, a slow, gradual leaving of the common life together. And yet, even with this bleak backdrop, What could be more evidence of the guiding hand of the Holy Spirit than the fact that we are all gathered here this morning, called into community, called to be in relationship with God and one another? It's interesting that today of all days, we had a new member brunch happening between services, and I had the privilege of meeting with a few of these beautiful folks this week. And in all the conversations I had, the one common thread was that people were seeking a, are seeking a place to be in community, not just a place to consume worship as detached individuals, but a place to get involved, a place to be in relationship a place to grow in their faith and serve alongside others, a place to know people's names and stories and have their names and stories be known as well. I wonder, as Dan read the story this morning, how you feel like you fit into the story of Philip and the eunuch. Are you a person nudged to meet someone new? or to meet someone in a new way, to join them in their questions, to embrace them in their difference and their belovedness. Or maybe you're like the Ethiopian, someone who feels a little bit like an outsider here, but who has a hunch that you belong and that God's love holds us all. Maybe it was hard to get out of bed this morning and you're not sure what you're doing in the story at all. And that's okay too. 
But right here in this moment, however you come, whatever joys and hurts and grief you bring with you, wherever you are on that desert road, desert road, you have a place in God's story. Just maybe someone needs to hear God's voice through you. Look, here is water. Look, here is life. Look, here is love. May God be with us on the road. Amen.